This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. Each week we review and preview the big business and market stories making the headlines. And this week we have Alfonso Esparza in Toronto. Good afternoon to you. Hello, Johnny. Always a pleasure to be here. The pleasure is all ours, Alfonso, and uh, particularly as it is, of course, the uh, first Friday of the month, which can only mean one thing, and that is non-farm payroll day. And the latest figures show that the US economy created far fewer jobs than expected last month. Uh, Wages also rose less than forecast and that of course those figures have had an effect on the dollar which has dropped and I'm assuming that's because markets now see a rate cut sooner rather than later. Spot on, Johnny. So what we saw was like the non-farm payrolls were really down. The expectation was of 180,000 jobs, and what we got was less than half, so 75,000. If you add to that, that last month there was a 224,000 job creation. So that's why the market's so negative right now in the numbers. We did get a hint of what was about to happen. The ADP on Wednesday was also uh, missed expectations. So that's just rounding out the narrative of what's happening with the U.S. economy. Fed members were very dovish throughout the last couple of weeks, dropping hints that they're ready to act. Chair Powell basically is now his finger on the rate cut button. So the expectations are that this will happen sooner than later, as you said. It all feeds into this sort of a trade war scenario, prolonged trade war that we've seen diminish the expectations of global growth. We're starting to see some cracks in the growth of the U.S. just because of that. It's interesting, though, that the unemployment rate remained the same at 3.6%. That is still the lowest for 50 years. So it's not all bad news, is it? When you're dealing with this type of numbers, it really would take massive negative number for that to falter. The U.S. economy is still stable. Employment is still stable. But in, in the market, what we're trying to see is what's going to happen next. So is this a blip? Is this an outlier? Or is this something that will build up into a trend? And I think the market is now believing that this is this is the beginning of a trend. Indeed. And uh, obviously, there are far fewer jobs possibly being created. Uh, wage rises are modest. I mean, add a weakening economy to the absence of inflation, and you've got a rate cut, right? Yeah, that's pretty much uh, macro 101. And what central bankers in the U.S. are seeing is that they are still trying to give out mixed rhetoric, saying the economy's at the core, it's all right, and it's it will keep chugging along. One of the main issues that we're facing is protectionism. The ECB talks about it different than the Fed, but it's basically the trade war. So the more tariffs and spats and that, it's taking a negative effect on the economy. Indeed. We'll talk more about trade wars in a minute. I just wanted to ask you about the actual rate cut that we think is going to happen. Is it going to be in June or is it more likely in July? The actual timing is very tricky. And it's one of those things that the Fed won't really act until they are totally sure that it's a slowdown happening and basically to avoid a possible recession. We're not there yet. There's sort of an example of the CME. They have this tool called the FedWatch tool. And what it does is it tries to approximate the probabilities that the market is giving to a rate cut uh, or rate hike in the near future. So we see that the market is seeing a 30% chance the rate band will be lower in June. So that's not a lot. I think it were, it's when it's in the 50-50 range that there's even a possibility. So we're still seeing June not really in on the table. It's there. I mean, if we move 
to July, we see now it's like 70%. So that's where we're starting to see like, yeah, maybe a July, if it comes in the summer, it'll definitely be July. I happen personally to believe that it, it might, uh, they might wait till September to do it. And then by September, it's almost the market is giving a 95% chance. So we will basically almost a slam dunk that that will happen just because of what we've seen this week. Uh, what uh, pretty much the collection of comments from the Trump administration, even the Fed members uh, voting and non-voting have been sort of a, sometimes even um, regretting the pace of rate hikes in the past. So definitely a slowdown was coming, but now we're basically going in reverse. Slowdown coming in the United States and the global economy, as you said before, is weakening as well. We've had a new assessment from the World Bank today, Alfonso, as well, which says it now expects growth of 2.6% for 2019, edging up to 2.7% the following year. Now, the slowdown is widespread, according to the bank's economists. Many countries are affected and it's those trade wars which have made it more likely, really, isn't it? Yes. Uh, what we're starting to see is like the effect of just the two biggest economies going at each other back and forth and with no near like really end in sight. And that's just trickling down to the rest of the world. And we have other issues like even sort of the Brexit situation and what will happen there. And it becomes a trade issue. We saw sort of immigration now with uh, Mexico and the U.S. So that tariffs can also be used for that. So we're kind of turning the clock back to a different time. And it was not the most productive time uh, for all. So I think uh, the stock market has been uh, sort of forgetting about US-China for a bit as there seem to be some uh, back and forth. We see how really fragile both could be. Put the US and China together, they account for a third of global economic activity, an enormous proportion, isn't it? The amount of goods, I mean, they're business partners. Now they're trying to change the relationship and it's not going according to plan. It's 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 been done in a very haphazard, even sort of a very aggressive way, which is not necessarily the best outcomes. But it's not the US-China trade wars that have been taking most of the headlines, Alfonso. It's really about Mexico at the moment. Uh, yes, that, that t- totally took the market by surprise. I think uh, the Trump administration issued uh, on on a Friday, which was a bit shocking, a threat of a tariff that could be starting next Monday. And what that did for the market is just, again, the anxiety and the concerns about the U.S.-China trade wars came to the forefront again, just how the U.S. is willing to use its commercial powers for other ends. So when China, it's, it's, it seemed more of a trade deficit-focused action, but here we have something that is totally different. So we're, we're, it is focused on immigration first. That changed sort of the rules of the game a little bit. It uh, reminded us of the, all the issues that happened with the NAFTA 2.0 was uh, agreed to, like all the hardships and their long, prolonged uh, talks and back and forths. This is not a, a sort of a positive news for the market. Let's look ahead to next week. What is the most compelling data that's going to be coming out both on your side of the Atlantic and ours? In terms of the calendar, the UK starts up the week. So we have on Monday the GDP, the monthly GDP, and that is suspected to be not terrible. So that's I know that's not a great thing to hear, but it's expected to be contracting just slightly, so 0.1%. So pretty much matching the previous month. So it's kind of a slow uh, contractionary period. And that's not too bad considering the Brexit uncertainty right now, leadership changes. There has obviously been an effect on the growth of the economy if there's no certainty about what's going to happen and what all the trade partnerships. Are they going to be still in place? And now we have a political angle. So 
all that is kind of explains that why growth has not been as robust. Moving into that, what is going to happen with the Fed and what's, when is their next action going to come? We have two indicators that actually are very important in, in, in what where that happens. And one is sort of the CPI, so inflation we have on Wednesday and then on Friday retail sales. It's very well known that the American economy is heavily dependent on consumers and consumers haven't really been all that uh, supportive of the economy. They haven't really roared back. And part of the reason is that wages haven't really gone up as much as as consumers would like. And so there's not enough money to go around. And they're also doing other things with their uh, disposable income, mostly paying down debt, which is it's a good at a personal finance level, but it's not at a good at a macro level for an economy that depends so much on retail sales. So that's are probably the three big events that, I, that we see next week. Obviously, that's the one that in the calendar will be open for the U.S.-Mexico negotiations. They're still ongoing. There today, the U.S. is basically saying that the tariffs might come into effect on Monday, even though the talks have been good and they might just be removed or they will only last a week. And that is what I'm getting the sense from other analysts that I've spoken to and sort of our own team here at Oanda. It's that it will be a short war, but it's going to be a very short one. So this trade war will happen. And it probably in the, between the week, it's like, OK, it's done. The U.S. probably going to declare itself victor and then just move on. Talking of war, we've seen President Trump on this side of the Atlantic this week commemorating the D-Day celebrations. And of course, Theresa May has been there as well. And she is no longer the prime minister as of today, Friday afternoon. Does your market have a view on what would be a safe pair of hands? As far You mentioned politics before, Alfonso. In terms of a new prime minister of Great Britain, is there a view at the moment as to who the markets would like to be in 10 Downing Street? Uh, good question, because I think the, right now that's on the minds of like everybody. And, and the funny thing is, I think it's going to be a replay of the referendum. So a party that's so against sort of a second referendum, I think they're, they're going to have like a mini second referendum. Because at the end of the day, it seems to be that there's going to be a Brexiteer and a Remain as the two options. So basically Boris Johnson and Hunt, maybe. If uh, Boris Johnson wins, the the market, as I said, sort of on a previous occasion, it's not that concerned with the politics or like why someone gets voted into office. Just the market just prices in what it expects after. So the fact having solid leadership, the, the, regardless of politics, will be the first step, and then we'll start to see okay. So what and how hard was the No Deal back on the table, and that's probably what's going to hurt the pound the most going forward. So in terms of safe hands. It depends on uh, what the what people decide, and if people decide, is then the market going to say, "Well, that's that's what people want, and that's totally their decision," and then we we'll just price accordingly. All I can tell you is, Alfonso is the favourite, never wins. Alfonso, thanks very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Johnny. From the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.